0: Uh, I was living with my girlfriend and then one night at 9:30 at night we were watching TV candles red wine and then the doorbell rang and the police were standing there can you pay your fines which was about 9000 euros and I said no then they said okay can you please pack your bag and come with us maybe the saddest part of this whole story was that when I was there I was actually relaxed because living outside prison was way more stressful for me Welcome to the Nomad Podcast, where we discuss inspiring stories of lifestyle transition and how to thrive in a location-independent existence. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad Prep, an online academy to help aspiring digital nomads make a successful transition. And now, here's your host, Sean Tierney.
1: Christian Osterwein found himself broke and unable to pay for the insurance on his vehicles. He was living with his girlfriend at the time, and his situation hit an all-time low when in the midst of a romantic evening, the police arrived, knocked on the door, took him into custody, and imprisoned him. That event galvanized him to study psychology and neuroscience, seeking to understand the root causes of what holds us back and what we can do to rise above it. A few years later, and Christian has since become a professional speaker, a successful business coach, and has developed a framework for personal transformation, which he is now putting to the test, using it on himself to transform himself into an upper echelon marathon runner. He's seeking to run a sub three hour marathon, having never run before. In this interview, Christian shares his personal journey, insight into how to rewire your brain for breakthrough performance. And athletes, business people, really anyone pursuing a personal development track uh, are going to get a ton of value and exposure to some powerful ideas in this episode. Uh, But before we get to that conversation, please listen to a quick word with our sponsor. It's important to have travel insurance as a nomad because stuff happens while we're on the road. And while we hope for the best, we need to always plan for the worst. If you're investigating insurance options, check out Safety Wing. Safety Wing is travel medical insurance specifically designed for nomads. Unlike other providers, you can buy it when you're already on the road, and you don't need to continuously update them on when and where you're going next. You just have one monthly subscription that covers you wherever you go for both travel and medical, and if you shop around, you'll find it's about a third of the price of other providers. Visit nomadpodcast.com slash safetywing to get a quote today. And now here's the interview. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nomad Podcast. This is Sean, and I'm sitting across from Christian Ostervein. Uh, Christian is a human growth hacker, a neurohacker, behavioral psychologist, trainer, business strategist, currently focused on building growth cultures via his company Creatures of Habits. Welcome, Christian.
0: Hi. Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. Um, Okay, so let me just kind of give people the backstory on how we met first off. So we met earlier this year through a local incubator here in Lisbon uh, called Beta E., Uh, On the rooftop of this place, it was like their pitch day and just ended up talking for, I want to say, like two hours about just all all sorts of stuff. Um, So I'm super excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm super excited
1: because we had a lot of synergy and a lot of common ground. Totally. In what we're doing. Totally. Totally. so yeah, so we're gonna dig into uh, all that stuff that we were talking about. But before we do, I kind of, th- I think the place to start here is with your marathon project. So can you talk about what you're doing with that?
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So I'm now in Lisbon, just moved from Amsterdam to Lisbon. And it's we're training for marathon hacking and marathon hacking is, it's like stress testing my own course. So I'm now living as kind of a digital nomad. I call it more international business man or international entrepreneur. And I've created this course, which is all focused on implementation. And that was the main thing for me to transform. You have to implement. So we read all the books and we're living in this beautiful area with all the information on books on the Internet. And there are all these experts. But how do you implement all this information into your life? So that's the key thing what we're doing with Marathon Hacking. So I decided to become a top top two percent marathon runner. From scratch as a non-athlete,
1: having no experience with marathons, You're not no
0: experience in running, food, you know. For instance, my background, my my initial background, is hospitality and working as a sommelier in restaurants. And if you ask me about nutrition, then it's always about five courses and wine. So I'm a good place here in Lisbon. <laughs> but it's a good place to run as well because there are a lot of hills.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I know because I watched, I, I, I stalked you beforehand with the Strava. And I saw uh-huh. your Strava runs that you're running like in the hilly part. I, I run along the water. But you, you <laughs> picked like the hilliest parts to run. So.
0: Yeah, and I have to because it's uh, so D-Day. So what I've decided to do is to see, to stress test my own program of hyper growth. And can we really hack our personal growth by implementing things better? and do my key principles about the brain about psychology really work and then i'm focusing on about the the subconscious principles and what's interesting is is we're going to do this in six months time to transform me from scratch to this top two percent marathon runner and it all has to happen on the 20th of october here in lisbon during the lisbon marathon and i tell you that one is going to be hilly (laughs) which i didn't know but it's the one of the most beautiful marathons in the world so that's why i've decided to do it so it's all going to happen here But yeah i need the hills
1: (laughs) nice man so okay so you basically the marathon is like proof is in the pudding you've developed this transformational thing that took you from like you know basically vastly improved every aspect of your life but you're now taking this exact same framework and proving that that works by doing a marathon from nothing
0: absolutely because i've got one one key thing and i call this a little bit the circle of life as in we see a lot of experts and I'm an expert, I want to be an expert in helping other people. But I'm, I know that I'm only able to teach others when I've been through it myself. And that's the main thing. So I thought if I really want to teach people about transformation, I have to go to, I've been already through a transformation myself because when I was in January 2015, I was in prison because I was so much in debt and totally struggled and broke in any area of my life. And I had to go out through it. And by studying self-development, I had to find the, way, the key principles which really, you know, like the Pareto, yeah. is about what are the 20% principles which give you the 80% results. And I needed them because I was so in pain and so in scarcity. So all these things I have figured out over way, uh, on the way which worked for me, I've now created this program out of it. And I'm now stress testing it so I can teach this to other people if they want to transform or grow faster. Yeah. And especially to work, to because it's not just to go from depressed to neutral. I think it's even more fun to go from depressed to being kick-ass.
1: Can you take us back? So uh, I, I was going to get there later, but um, I'm glad you brought it up. So the prison situation, like take us back. What was the scenario that put you there? And how did you get out of it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a long story.
0: <laughs> but a long story short. No, it was January 2015. And I still remember that day that I was there with my girlfriend where we were having a romantic night watching TV. And I actually had financial issues. I was living together with her, but I was struggling with this big debt. And it was a debt which started when I started with my first entrepreneurial things. I wasn't able to get an income for a couple months. And actually what happened is I wasn't able to pay my insurances for my car and scooter. And this is just 38 euros a month. And I wasn't able to deal with that. So it was seven euros for my scooter insurance, 31 euros for my car insurance. And actually what happened is the Dutch government, they're really keen on it. And they just gave me 350 euro fine per vehicle. And three months later, this same fine was about 1500 euros. Yeah. And that two times, and I got this fine six times. So in, in a couple months, everything, you know, I wasn't the right person when I started my entrepreneurial journey. And my mind my everything blocked in my head when I got into debt. And it made sense because my dad always told me, when you're in debt, you never get out of it. And I believed it. But this was a subconscious belief. And I really this is how it started and it all Spiral. went. It all went sound. Yeah, it went south and spiraled. So this is where it started. And at one point, so this was in twenty twelve. And then in twenty fifteen. It was the moment where Uh, I was living with my girlfriend, and then one night at 9.30 at night, we were watching TV, candles, red wine, (laughs) and then the doorbell rang, and the police was standing there, can you pay your fines, which was about 9,000 euros. And I said, no. Then they said, okay, can you please pack your bag and come with us? And yeah, they got me into the car, and I was in prison for over 10 days, and I was supposed to be there for 51 days. And the interesting thing in the Netherlands, is a weird system. Because it's this happens and I know you have to do your you know, you have to fulfill your promises and you have to be insured not to get bigger problems. But the interesting thing is, is when you are in prison, it's not even to pay off the fines. It literally is just a pressure method to make you pay. But how are you gonna pay it if you don't have the nine thousand euros? Right. So this is just so when I was in there I had to to show them how it was, but it it was a life-changing experience, and I've learned so much, and maybe the saddest part of this whole story was that when I was there, I was actually relaxed, because living outside prison was way more stressful for me.
1: Right, so just th- having the low point, you're like, I'm absolutely sitting the bottom. Point. No, <laughs> I
0: think that the low point was even before that, so when I got into debt and I totally was stuck, didn't know how to get out of it, that was a moment where I was really lost friends, Screwed up relationships, screwed up business opportunities. You know, I was literally, I didn't know how to get out of it. That was the real point. And even at the point that you think, like, you know, life is so painful, I think it's even less painful to go without life. You know, that yeah. you even consider those opportunities. Yeah, and that was the main low point. Low point. Yeah, there in prison, that was a moment. Was so in the. Between 2012, 2015, that was a moment which really accelerated a lot because it makes you think. And actually it gave me confidence because what I've learned is like living in this mini ecosystem, I've learned so much. And actually I realized what skills I have and which I wasn't using because in my head I was so broke, so fixed and stuck. And actually it it got me rolling.
1: Yeah, I mean, arguably it sounds like it was the catalyst. I mean, do you think you would have, done what you've done today had you not gone through that that event
0: the main thing f- absolutely absolutely um yeah yeah because I still remember one moment when I was taking a shower there and let's put things in context because we're now here in Lisbon there in the Netherlands yeah. I tell you a lot of digital nomads they sleep in hostels which are way worse than prison in the Netherlands so we had this double bunk bed our own shower and you've got your microwave and You know, it's your room, it's fixed, but the good thing is it was safe. No debt collectors there. And I actually had an escape of my life. And that was, of course it was super stressful and we can have a full podcast about what I've learned there. But it's the the moment, the number one thing I had to ask myself there was, how can I make this worth it? Because I tell you, the, the moment that you, so they took me to the prison and the first night I was in this small local police station and then they brought me to the real prison with all the criminals and all the crooks and all the bad guys. And then you have to call your mom that you're there. And I tell you, that's the number one thing you don't want to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was that moment that, you know, you have some time to think and you really have to go to that point as in, why is it worth it or how can I make it worth it? So I made a commitment to myself as in, I have to transform myself. I have to deal with my shit. I have to take accountability for everything. And I have to find a way. And now I'm happy that I've been able to find my way on an emotional level. But at that point, I I didn't have a clue.
1: I think it's interesting. I know you do the gratitude practice. And I think I remember you telling me that one of your gratitude statements was, you know, at least this is a clean prison and not, you know, a debtor's prison in Dubai where, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no.
0: It's, it's the main thing. And it's, you know, you, it, I was watching the YouTube videos like we all do to improve our lives and to, to become a better person or to deal with our shit. And the main thing, and I still remember, like, you know, I cannot feel grati- gratitude for anything. And then at one point it really was like, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm in shit in the Netherlands and not in another country. Yeah. And it's funny because with the moment you start saying that to yourself, you start recognizing the opportunities which are able to get you out. Yeah. And it's because what re- what opportunities you won't have in other things. So that was a key thing. But it was it took me so much energy to get and to feel it and to, to get there. Because every morning I woke up, I was stressed. My brain was just in fight, flight, freeze the yeah. whole every single second, every single second. And this is how I know you following Wim Hof. With the briefing and the cold showers, I needed my cold showers every morning to get me out of that state.
1: Yeah. So
0: I was just jumping every morning under a cold shower. And I've actually, it was 2015 when I started to take the cold showers. Yeah, from that point.
1: Yeah. So what? What was it then? That was like your at that point you kind of came to that conclusion. Like I'm gonna get myself out of here. I'm gonna get right then what was the path out of there? How did you, those 11 days in prison, then you got out, someone bailed you out, presumably?
0: No, no, actually no, because that's, I've developed my cold calling skills there because I had to phone all my friends and saying, guys, I need 9,000 euros, can you guys get me out? And then I realized, I learned one really big thing because the people I phoned, they all, or they didn't have the money, or they did have the money and they didn't want to give to me. So I learned two things actually, or I'm having the wrong friends, or I'm my relationship with my friends is not good enough, which was true because I wasn't able to give because I was in a survival mode all the time and I just focused on myself. And I never built the relationships. I didn't have the friendships. I didn't have the business partners that time. So I knew I was the cause of it, but it was, um, yeah, so the moment that we got me out was when we were able to prove how my situation financially was and that I didn't have the money. So you can force me whatever you want. It cost I think it costs about 250 euros a day for the Dutch government to have me there.
1: So there's no earning potential while you're there. So there's zero chance you're going to... (laughs) Indeed.
0: So it was, you know, they don't want to have me there. They're not a hotel. Yeah. So, uh, So I know after five days we were able to show them, to send them all the proof. And then we were not able to do this in 48 hours before the weekend. And because we didn't show the proof of me being in that situation before the weekend, I had to stay the whole weekend. And finally on the monday afternoon they they gave me the money to get back home <laughs> yeah.
1: and they i was free again nice um, okay so you got out of prison yeah. at this point you're catalyzed to to do better and then what what did you listen to or what did you read that then started to form your like whatever this framework is that you developed for transformation
0: wow that's a good question actually it's i wasn't that conscious i did things the number one thing i felt was you know the only thing what made me help survive and I, what i what were the videos on youtube tony robbins uh les brown you know, you know jim Rohn, yeah. and i was just studying them and this already was happening in 2012 when i was on my low point and there was one point that i had this video clip i really recommend it's called potential sure. and funny enough potential is the main thing i'm now teaching people in what's your potential how to to do it, but there were, so this was this video clip with Les Brown, Tony and I was just focusing on this all the time. But the main change, what happened for me, was that the understanding and why I was in this position, was six months later, and I was going to an event of T. Harv Ecker, I don't know if you know him. Yep, what, well, Ecker totally or? Uh, no, no, T. Harv Ecker. Oh, uh, I don't. Uh, he's He's a must guy to follow. Everyone who wants to learn about money, money mindset. Because this was this three day event, and it's an interesting journey because, it's a 3-day event, 12 hours a day training, and they explain why millionaires are millionaires and why broke people are broke. And it was all with our subconscious beliefs and they were showing me the NLP behind it and how we get conditioned and actually how I got conditioned with one of these beliefs I already mentioned with my dad to say, you know, when you're in debt you never get out of it. If that's your belief, how likely are you to get out of it? You're not. Right? Because that's it's the thing. If that's prismal. the thing you believe, and you have to change these beliefs, but where do the beliefs coming from, and how do you change them? That's a complex thing.
1: How does one even know what those are? Because they, it, it seems to be like the the water in your fish tank is the <laughs> best analogy I can describe. <laughs> but like, how do you even start to know what the limiting beliefs are that you have buried?
0: There? Yeah, the main thing, and this is the exciting thing right now with the marathon, because I'm now in the position as in starting as a non-running doing the marathon. As in, how do you recognize your beliefs? And what I say is just look at your people around you and listen to their beliefs. Because we are the average, I think it's a Jim Rohn quote, is of we the are the average of the five with. people we hang out with. Yeah. And it's so true because our mirror neurons, they pick up the behavior, they pick up the energy, they pick up the thought patterns of all the people around us. If you have a baby and a baby looks you in the eyes, the baby gets the same brain frequency as you got. So we really become our environment. And that's something they were showing in that, during that event. And to get back on the whole framework, what happened actually after the three days, so they gave us this thing and they said, they showed us what were our current beliefs about money and I had a lot of bad beliefs about money. As in, you know, I didn't appreciate it, didn't respect rich people. I felt like, wow, there must something wrong. How come my dad, he's really the guy in labor, And he's my best mentor and my best teacher he doesn't know it but he is but it's the the beliefs i had around rich people making money what's possible what isn't possible that was all programmed in it now i know that we get programmed in the first seven years of our life we get conditioned our brains are in a state of hypnosis so the first seven years of our life we just get conditioned and if you hang around with someone who's really broke who's really struggling you just get all these beliefs so that's what they showed me there. And after three days, and this was the interesting thing, they gave us a journal and they said, we were there with 400 people and they gave us a 90-day journal. And it was just five minutes a day doing the journal, one simple habit. And I thought, oh, I can do it. And they asked us, all 400 of us, well, how many of you are going to do this? And of course, we were all after three days, you're pumped. You know, it's one of these events you see with Tony Robbins. If you see the documentary on Netflix, you know, you're all dancing and all in a good state and having fun. So we all, four hundred committed to do it. And after day, I think it was day 38, somewhere around day 38, I was in my bed and I stopped doing The Habit. And I thought, isn't it interesting? I'm still broke. I'm still depressed. You know, it was somewhere in the afternoon. I'm in a bad situation, and I stopped doing the number one habit because the, the, the reason we were doing that habit was to rewire our brain. Because what do the most neuroscientists say, if you do something for 90 days, then the habit goes from conscious That's habit, habit to a subconscious one. habit. Yeah. But what I realized there is I wasn't doing it. And then I thought like, I have to do something with this because it's. if I understand how we create habits, then I'm able to change my life. And this is how I started my business Creatures of Habits, but it's what was even more interesting. I started to study all the people who've been there at the same event and guess how many people were able to do the 90 days in 90 days? I would, very few, uh, five. Zero. Zero. Mm. Out of all 400, there was not anyone doing it. There were only about eight, seven, eight, who were doing it in 120 to 150 days. And they were all single women uh, uh yeah single moms and did they have but it was a high level of single moms there in the yeah in the audience but i've uh, found it so fascinating like isn't it interesting we just ask people to do one habit for 90 days and not even so it's interesting how we read and we go to the videos and learn about the 90 days to form habits and actually it's it sounds great and it is true when you do the brain scans to have people doing it for 90 days, but to give yourself a habit and to do it for 90 days it's almost impossible. So this is how I started my journey in studying the brain and this is how I got into neuroscience and started to study the best neuroscientists in the world with all their science about how does, do habits get formed? How do we get primed? How can we rewire our brain? How can we, how does hypnosis work? And I was all implementing it on myself because I was in a bad situation and I felt the pain to get out of it. And actually what happened is in, so what I started to do further was working um, with two great guys from the UK, which were doing a lot of events around business and lifestyle and how do you start your business? How do you grow? How do you, are you able to to make millions? Mm -hmm. Because that was a little bit my commitment as in, okay, the number one thing I'm going to do now is now they show me all the way how to become a millionaire and to do it. And maybe one good thing to mention is and I've been to this event, the Millionaire Mind Intensive of TR Wecker. I've been there six times in three years just as repetition. And I use this checklist to see, oh, hang on. He gives me the mindset I need to get to get myself out of this situation, which at one point was over 120,000 euros of debt. So it started with fifteen, and because I was so stuck, and I tried things, but I wasn't capable enough, and it all ended up in one hundred twenty thousand euros. And it was not just me, because it's if you get in the Netherlands, there is a business, there's an industry behind death,
1: sure, in, as there is. Everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, because there are people like the debt collecting agencies are making a lot of money. They say, oh, you don't respond or you're not able to pay here. We double the pri- We doubled it now. As in, so you created for me who, you know, why? Yeah. You know, it's it's like me coming here and now walking out and saying to you, like, oh, you, by the way, I spent some time with you. Can you please pay me? Oh, you're not. Now I g- give you to another debt collection uh, agency and yeah. do it again and again. It doesn't make sense. So, But what I started to do is... I started to study more, of the, every time I went to the Millionaire Mind Intensive, I started to study the people there. And after the day, after the third time, I actually started my own accountability group because I thought, hang on, this is what's working. Because the second time I was able to do the 90 days in 90 days. And then the third time I thought, can I teach this to other people? And we had this Facebook group with over 115, 120 people, I think, and out of that we were able to do with 13 of them to get the 90 days in 90 days so what by was... implementing all the ways in habit and that was that was for me the start of my business and then i started to do accountability programs account in helping people to reach their goals because that was the main thing at one point i had another tough moment as in getting the letter i was staying with my parents and getting the letter that the debt collection agency was coming to my parents place to take their stuff and that's not a position you want to be in yes yeah, and i just had three weeks to make 3000 euros so the business which came up which was the initial start of my program which was uh so what i started to do is i just found all my friends and i said what's your goal for this month pay me 100 euros are you willing to pay me 100 euros to reach that goal if you don't do it then i pay you back i didn't know how to pay back because i needed the money to pay it all off but that was my main thing. And this is how my business got started.
1: So with those 13 people that you were able to get th- get yeah. through to that point, can you summarize what was the essence of that? Like you, it, it sounds like you, you saw the, the, the end point. You saw this 90 day thing that you needed to do. But then it's ultimately like walking that path is everything. But mm-hmm. you but many people never walk the path. So what was it that you what was the key insight that ca- caused those 13 people to the steps now. And I want to take a second to briefly pause here and tell you about an exciting project that I'm working on. I recently left my job of five years to go full-time on a side project that I started called Charity Makeover. This is a hackathon that brings volunteer knowledge workers together to build game-changing digital assets for local charities in a single day. Think of it like a habitat for humanity, only with virtual assets instead of physical houses. I recently deployed a platform that enables anyone to bring this movement to his or her city. If you think you might be interested in being the admin for your city, visit charitymakeover.org slash podcast to learn more. And now back to the interview.
0: The main thing, what's good is when people go to events, it's like you're part of a group, you're part of a tribe. And that was the main thing, is in, because I created this Facebook group. And, but I invested a lot of time to engage people. And the, the number one thing what I've learned, because this is what I did in the meantime as well, was studying peak performers in how do they use their brain and how do they use their brain differently compared to me? What are their beliefs? What, what How do they focus? And that's what I did with the, the people is actually we created a moment that we already accomplished the 90 days in the future. So I booked a table at a nice restaurant And we said, this is going to be the party that we've completed it. So we saw us already doing it. And then it was a matter of fact, as in, do you want to be part of the group who's going to achieve it or not? So actually, this is how we created a tribe. And it's like you're in the tribe or not. And when you're in the tribe, you're able to deal with the habits. And actually, this is the moment because then what happened is that you get this to the point where, you know, our brain hates pain. Just we avoid pain in any way. If you have a task which takes longer than 20 seconds, our pain center lights up. So it's anything that takes longer than 20 seconds, it's painful, we procrastinate on it. Or we need to find a reason which is more painful so the habit or the discipline becomes less painful.
1: Relatively. It's relatively, it, it,
0: it. than the outcome you're going to miss out if you don't do the habit. And this is why people get disciplined. And it's interesting when you know it because now you can teach anyone to become disciplined. When you let them focus like this people. So what I did is in, with this accountability group, I just let them focus in on the party and share, engage, and I was just doing the community management around it. But the main thing was getting them focused on, that's the party coming up. And I was just reminding them about the party while they're doing it. And that, of course, I was one of the lead, group leaders, but then you saw people follow, uh, like following me. And this is another one, it's the first follower having the first follower and so we kept them focused on it so they knew like or I do the habit today because we know we always have bad habits so that was the main thing is you know it was every day you just ask yourself the question do I miss the party after 90 days or do uh, or am I skipping the habit today Got and it. sometimes life happens. And that was so. That was just, this was the main thing. The second thing was actually was just teaching people a strategy how to deal with it. And this is something I've, I've learned while studying the people of. Uh, do you know the Nike Breaking Two? I don't. No. It's an amazing documentary. It's about uh, actually they're doing it again, but not, it's not Nike, it's another company from the UK. So they've had the, the fastest marathon runners in the world. And they were seeing, can we bring the world record under two hours? And at that point, the world record was about two hours, three minutes. So what they've done is they got three of the fastest Nike marathon runners. They gave them the special shoes. They did all the innovation, they did all the programs. And they said, okay, what are the ideal con- conditions that we can let a human being running a marathon under two hours? And it's, it is as big as the four minute mile, which we all know yeah. with the uh, banister. So what they've done, what Nike has done, they went to Monza in Italy because this was the perfect conditions of the circuit. It was round, not that too many corners. There were there was the right humidity, the right temperature. Everything was perfect. And they had the special shoes, they had the special training. And what they had is that they had a group of other marathon runners, which run one lap with them. And then they changed the group. So to keep the, the runners out of the wind and to get them in the group. And what they did, and actually I'm still, It shows how hard it is to really improve on that level. Is they even had a car in front of it with a big screen, so they didn't—they ran without the wind, or the the car was keeping them out of the wind. And what was funny is that one guy, um, Kipchoge, he was able to, to run it in. Sorry, I'm gonna. This is gonna be the. How do you spoiler. call it? The spoiler, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the, <laughs> this is gonna be the spoiler. So there was the fastest guy, Kipchoge. He was able, and he's the current uh, marathon uh, world record. He was able to do it in two hours twenty seconds. But the other two, and I found this way more interesting. And this is what I've learned from it. And the the other two guys. So they were in the ideal circumstances. They were not even able to come close to their PRs on the marathon. So isn't it interesting that you got three guys that got, you put them all three in the same situation in the perfect conditions, everything is perfect. And why are two out of three not even able to break their PR when they're in the ideal circumstances? I thought that was interesting. And this has to do, and this is a key principle in the brain is being the principle of being behind. And this is what you see with a lot of people. When you do a 90 day journal, when you miss one day, you feel behind. And the moment we feel behind our brain experience scarcity and we literally block our energy and we're not able to flow anymore. And the only guy who was able to keep up with the pace of the car, which was supposed to run at one hour, 59 minutes and some seconds, only that guy was able to stay in the flow of getting there. But it's a focus way in how do you focus. And he's the guy who really implements gratitude while running. But the other t- two guys, they don't use this during, and this is a nice uh, comeback in what we were saying about gratitude and how important it is. But the other two guys, they were just fighting of keeping up and when we feel when we try to keep up with our goals with our routines and we are behind we just even don't show up on our regular level mm-hmm. we we fall below and this was the main thing what we did with the group is in teaching them a strategy in how to do what do you do when you miss a day because sometimes life happens you know in the morning you get a fire in your house, your distraction goes everywhere, or you just have your busy day. What do you do if you're not, you see all the other people in the group doing the 90 days and keeping up on the right day. And what was interesting in it is that uh, by teaching them as in the strategy is, is then if you do it the next time, just do three or four days just at once, but do it over. So the habits which you had to do with journal was write down, five wins of today so you still can do it you just do it one day later but just by teaching people this strategy of how to deal with the scarcity of where they are and where they want to be that's what i
1: so it sounds like forgive yourself basically and then catch up the next day and then clear like mentally clear that mistake and don't let that be the thing that like drags you down
0: yeah or even more important and this is you know this is something i really got conscious of in um (laughs) it's funny that this was the I was reading the autobiography of Richard Branson because the good thing is is, so I packed my bag when the police was in front of my door and my girlfriend she at that time she did put my book in my bag of Richard Branson Mm -hmm. and I was allowed to read in the prison cell because I wasn't you know I didn't do that much wrong I just had to be there without my belt without my laces and I couldn't sleep that night, and I was reading the book of uh, Richard Branson, and funny enough, he was saying in the second chapter, as in, he was in prison, and he said, the moment I was in prison, I realized that there are normal people, there are good people in prison. And that gave me such a good thing about how, what felt about me. But more interesting was, he has his, um, when you look at, Richard Branson, what he does, and this is what you see with a lot of people performers, and this was the pattern I figured out, is that what they do is they look at an outcome and they always blame the plan and the strategy instead of blaming themselves. And it's this disconnection of who am I and who's my plan, what's my strategy, to make that distinction. And this is a key thing what got me through the system. And this, was the number, this is one of the number one things. I teach leaders, I teach managers, I teach people as in, if you look at your life and you're not happy where you are right now, it's not you, it's your plan. It's not you, it's your strategies, it's the decisions you make. And yes, you, a lot of them you do subconsciously, but it's not who you are. So disconnect your identity from your outcome and start loving who you are. Start finding about why am I love? And mm-hmm. um, this disconnection was another one. So when you say, as in, uh, forgive yourself, you can forgive yourself, but way better is just forgive your plan
1: well, what or your strategy. Of, yeah, what it reminds me of, I've heard of research around uh, parents, like two groups of parents in terms of how they uh, tell their kids when they do a good job. They say, you know, they both get good grades. And then one group says, oh, you know, you're so talented. The other one says, oh, you work so hard for that. And just that subtle distinction Of, I mean, to me, this is what it sounds like is you, you know, you are so talented, meaning inherently this is just the way you are versus, oh, you worked really hard for that, like good execution on your plan, in your words. Mm -hmm. It's almost like that's this fundamental distinction. And uh, the end result is those ones that are told, oh, you know, you're so talented when they inevitably fall short of that then they feel like a failure and they feel like, oh, I, this is just me and I'm not. But then when the people who said, oh, you work so hard and they fall short, they realize, oh, I just need to like get back in it and work harder. And like, so it's just like this massive difference in those I love two what groups.
0: you're saying, please send this to me because this yeah, is yeah. one of the resources that's, because this is what you see all the time. And it's just by listening. And this is what I do when I work as a consultant or when I do coaching or, you know, when I hear people blaming themselves, then it's like, okay, let me see. Well, how did you do your decisions? And this was one big realization I had to do. And this is the key thing what peak performers have is they, they are focused about two things. Number one is where do I want to end up, which is the end day of doing the 90 days. But the other one is where am I now? And it's interesting because when you know where you are, then you know what strategy will bring you from A to B. And it's um, when you when you're able to, so when you make mistakes, but when you feel bad about yourself, that's the moment you don't see a solution of how to go from A to B. When you start feeling like a failure, if you say, you know, I told myself so many times that my identity was the guy being in that. And when you see all the psychology and people recognize it is when you look at your life, we are actually addicted to our problems. And the reason why is because when I have an issue and I tell you my issue, I get your attention. We connect. hmm So we fulfill our needs with our issues as well. And the hardest thing, and that has been my hardest thing is how do I grow myself as a person and who am I if I don't, if I'm not in debt anymore, because I was actually fulfilling my needs with it because this made me unique. You know, we like to be part of a tribe, right? That's one of the human needs, the main human needs of survival, because we're more likely to survive when we're in a tribe. But in the tribe, we want to stand out. We want to be unique. How are you unique with your problems?
1: Yeah. I discovered this firsthand in a business that I tried to start in Laguna Beach with artists. And just real quick recap, because I think this is going to make your point. Um, There's something called Artilage that I did with Business Partner. And we, we actually just shelved it after a month because we realized the flaw. The flaw was we were trying to work with artists and even screening the best of the best. We got down to three and we found that they cherished the view of themselves as a starving artist and were sabotaging themselves. And were incapable of actually hustling and actually just killing it and and succeeding. And they they were they were their own problem. And so we we ended up not trying to change them. We just kind of no because it's
0: because and this is the thing. And I love what you say in in trying to change them, but actually it's it's not impossible, but it takes a lot of consciousness and the right strategies to change identities and easy because this is why it works. Because if I look myself as someone being in depth, uh, if that's my identity, that's harder to change than change my plan. Yeah. And I just had to look at my habits. What were my habits? Because the result I was there was all the results of my daily and weekly habits at that time. And it's this thing in by doing it mentally, you're able to disconnect your emotions from it. And it, it it's so much easier to change a plan compared to pl- changing yourself. It's a little bit like having this friend who has uh, issues in in his relationship or in his business when you see someone else with issues Then it's easy to solve when it's your business Then you're thinking about it for days and weeks and you're not moving forward and you just keep going in your head And this is the, what I always call is like, you know, we can't see the picture when we inside the frame Yep, and this is another reason why actually journaling is the best way to become conscious of what are my beliefs? What am I doing? What is my picture? is journaling is the best way because what you do is you subconsciously go from a first-person perspective of where you experience your stress, where you experience your emotions, to a second-person perspective, a higher perspective in observing in where am I going? What am I doing? And this is, again, is going from A to B. When you are clear about where do I want to go, where am I now? And that second is the hardest of everything. Then you are able to get yourself going and this is what makes the difference between the top 2% and the others because this is what they do all the time. They just ask themselves every time at the start of the day, where am I now? Where am I going? How do I get there? And they do this every day because, you know, life changes, the world changes. You move from Amsterdam to Lisbon, your life changes. You get a new girlfriend, your life changes. You become a dad. You know, things happen so easily, so quickly. You win a million, your life changes. But what I found more fascinating is in this is when you study the brain and beliefs and mindset. And there are so many research um, reports about people winning a lottery. And I think I've shared this with you the first time when we met at Bataille as well. Is in 90 over 90 percent of the people who win the lottery when in five years time they lose it. So just think about it. People go every week, they're dreaming about becoming a millionaire. They go every week buying these lottery tickets. Then they are a millionaire and they're sabotaging themselves. Why? Because they were not a millionaire before they got the million. And this is the key thing. What I realized and what I, implemented in my whole program of implementation transformation Since if i want to run a marathon under three hours because that's what i have to do to become a top two percent marathon runner first i have to think about who do i need to become because when you look at a marathon just it's really fun to to, to just study the last the people in the last few miles because you see people dying just going nowhere and why because they tried something and they were not the runner which was able to master the marathon And this is the sad thing and this is the main thing and a lot of people they just go for the stretch and then they see if they can make it or not just to fight with the ego and then they fall back again to where they always been And if you really want to grow, if you really want to progress and this is when you are starting your business or when you are a digital nomad, if you want to be a successful digital nomad, then be the digital nomad before you really get to the point. Mm -hmm. So you have to grow yourself. So this is where my whole program is about is how do I grow myself as fast as possible? So I start thinking like a a top marathon runner. So what happens is I start creating the habits of the top marathon runner as our our thinking leads to our habits and our behavior. And I start taking the actions of a top marathon runner and then the results become like being a top marathon runner, and funny enough, when I get the results, my brain would say, "I am," because you get confirmed that right. what you think of. So, th- and this is the number one thing I've learned, and of course, this is from Tony Robbins, as in uh, you you got this cool YouTube video where he's with Frank Kern, as in this cycle, this is the cycle of life. But it's so. What's the difference between the people who are able to transform themselves and the people who are not? the main people are able to see themselves already they have a clear vision of who they have to become uh and where they are now and who they are right now and then what strategies will bring me from a to b to become that person but but this is the main 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 thing in what people have to do is in if i set a goal and doesn't matter if it's running a marathon and and you first have to become it in your head and whether to get back to the guys of Nike, the marathon runners. So Kipchoge is now actually training for another attempt of running the uh, marathon under two hours. And it's funny when you see him now, and I think they do a, uh, se- uh, a few interviews on this now on uh, YouTube, Is mm-hmm. in, you now hear him saying, I know it's possible. I've been two hours, 20 seconds, I was 20 seconds off. I already felt it, but I wasn't sure now I know what I have to do, what I have to change. And this is how we learn. And, um, you know, this is the difference. And now he understands the context of being able to do it. So now he knows who he needs to become. And now he creates a strategy to get there. And I'm pretty sure he will find his way to to go there. But, yeah, it's it's still an incredible... Because two hours is in... I'm working really hard now to run under three hours. And even that's it. You know yeah. most people they take about three hours 30 minutes four hours because you've run
1: i did right? a half marathon and i want to say it took me like three hours so you did uh, it in three hours it was somewhere at three three and a half hours i think wow yeah. was it hilly uh no it was in phoenix mm. it was the pf chang's half marathon okay yep.
0: but it's it's interesting to see as in in if you so for me as in i never run before i only did a few 10ks in my life you know and yeah. Right now, we're seeing... So, I have to be able to run a 10K race in 38 minutes to be able to do a sub-three-hour marathon. Yeah, I have to run a health marathon in an hour 25 minutes. And I've never run a half marathon when I started it. I've now done a, a half marathon trail run here in Portugal, which was a three-hour run. Because that's... You know, if you think about where I am now, and maybe you've seen this on this project, I think marathon running or running towards a health marathon. I believe that's one of the best things we can do to teach our, ourselves the skills of how does our brain work? How does our focus works? So how and that's what we're doing now with the project is in shooting the documentary about my journey and the online courses. So people we help people to run health marathons and marathons and show them this is what happens in why does procrastination come from? What happens in your brain when it happens? Where does uh, resilience come from. Where does grit come from? How far, or actually, how bad is it when you are pushing outside your comfort zone? Because the only thing what happens is you get injured and tired. How can you flow towards your goals? These are the things you want to learn. These are life skills, like soft skills. We have to teach people, and you have to understand because when you are mastering these skills, then becoming a successful digital nomad is way easier. It's way easier. So that's that's for me. Is in. Um, Yeah, so running is for me a really a main thing to to show you, you know, because you learn a lot about where am I capable of, where am I not. And for me, when I started, the first thing I realized to do was I actually have to. I thought that running was a bad thing,
1: you know. And when you bad meaning like not good for your body or no.
0: And when you see the research, fifty percent of the people, or fifty percent of the runners get every year injured. It actually is the most dangerous sports in the world. And when do you get injured when you're not in balance but that was my biggest thing is in okay running a lot is possible so that's what i'm gonna do right i set this big goal and what am i gonna do for linear growth it's just i run today tomorrow i run two percent faster and i keep doing this for six eight months and then i getting there but that's absolutely not the way because when i started to study like guys which are running fast the number one thing they are instead of being good runners they are way better recoverers and i that was, so I, what I started to do is studying some, way, some guy, and of, I started to f- uh, the study uh, Ryan Hall, who is the fastest marathon runner from the States. He ran Boston in two, uh, 204. So, and he's a white guy because they say, like, oh, we have physical differences. So, for me, seeing a white guy running really fast, I thought, if I just study what he's doing, how he focuses, then I might come close. But so I started to study Ryan Hall and to see what are the things doing it. And what he was teaching me, this was where we were going. So when I was starting studying Ryan Hall, what I realized that actually the main thing he did was not training hard, but he taught me to actually train softer, slower. I had to run slower, I had to recover better. And it was more as in, if you don't recover, you will get injured. So you have to, so, and it's, it's the yin yang, it's the balance. But this is why you see a lot of people getting injured. Is because when they start running and start chasing big goals, were you injured when you're training for your marathon?
1: Well, I was running. My knees hurt like hell after it. Um, okay. I was I was at that point running heel strike, which is not the right way oh, yeah. to run. Yeah. So since I've since switched to the forefront, like minimalist shoe style, and it's just a way easier on your joints. I found. Uh, but yeah, no, no, my knees were blown for the week after. And <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> running a full marathon because I didn't want to ever run that far again. I can imagine
0: them because yeah. it was so painful. Yeah. Right. And But it's interesting. And when you look at the habits, and so this was the number one thing is in studying. In first was, okay, my belief is, can I get run a marathon? Then I had to believe that I was able to go from my current position, because this is the reason why people buy online courses. And you recognize this with your business and any digital nomad selling courses knows this is in most people they sign up they don't complete it and we all we all have these books on the shelves and they say about 10 percent of the people are only when they sign up for an online course they complete it and then two percent of the people who complete it will implement it yeah so the first belief for me was to 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 focus on uh the first belief was to that it was possible to run but the second belief for me it was possible it was possible for me to do it And how I started to do is I started to focus on people as in Googling because that's a great thing with internet. So we think that me running from where I am to running a sub three hour marathon is impossible. But then I started to Google on it and I found this one guy, his name is Alex Vero. And he had a documentary where he was overweighted. He finished the marathon, but he was smoking, he was drinking and he was way worse than where I was. And he saw like, hey, the Olympics are coming up in London and he was living in London. Or in the UK. And he said, I'm going to train to qualify for the Olympics for the marathon. And he just had two years. And he shot a documentary about that. And what's interesting and is that he was able to get from, I think, four and a half hours to two hours and 30 minutes in just 18, more or less 18 months. So he made a massive shift. So he showed me that it actually was physical possible to really make a A big shift. So that was my second belief I had to learn and to teach myself. Is Okay, it's possible for me to transform. And when I saw him, when I found him, and this is the main thing of role models. We always look at role models who already got the results we desire. You know, you see them on Instagram or you hear them on the podcast. But the main thing we have to find is find role models who used to be in the situation where we are now. Mm -hmm. Because if they've been, you know, you see a lot of personal trainers. And these personal trainers... They, you know, they are really fit, really slim. They've never been overweighted. So they don't know how to deal with the emotions of being overweighted and running or training. You know, they don't feel the stress of, oh, I've never completed a marathon. I even don't know if I'm able to complete a marathon. So how, and this was what happened with, between me and Ryan as well. For him, ri- running was his thing. I always thought like, I'm not a runner. I'm not an athlete. So I had to start believing that I was an athlete. And the real f- change for me And this was because I was studying people in first on speed, because that's the hardest thing. I have to be focusing on can I really run a marathon with for three hours in a row? First of all, can I run three hours in a row? Secondly, can I run for three (laughs) hours? Can I run a marathon the distance of 42K or 26 miles? Or uh, and can I run for three hours at 14Ks an hour? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, all these beliefs I had to do. So what I started to do is I've been to Cape Town Mm -hmm. and I surrounded myself with ultra trail runners. And this is another thing which is really exciting and game changer for people is make things small. How do you make things small? Because this is what happens is when you set a big goal, we always feel small because we're not there yet. The goal is so big. I feel small. How likely am I to take action? You know, you're only fighting and struggling. And this is what you see with a lot of people when they set the goal to become a successful digital nomad. I say, shit, I'm not there yet. I feel really bad about myself. So what I started to do is instead of my goal is running a marathon under three hours, I started to surround myself with, because we are the average of the five people we spend most time with, with ultra trail runners. And it's funny because then I was in Cape Town with guys, not just running flat because I was just running flat who were running through the mountains and they were completing runs for hundred Ks, hundred miles. And they were doing about four or five marathons a week. And when they were training for these races and I thought, wow. Yeah. And then you see the people doing it and then your brain, you know, your brain says, actually it must be possible. And now, and this is how I transform myself. And this is how I transform my identity. But I still focus on the strategy.
1: So, okay, so just a recap, so we're talking, yeah. the process here is to pick a goal, to believe that it's possible, to back that belief up by surrounding yourself with other people who substantiate it, who, who, who show you that it's possible for them, so then you start to believe, hey, I'm starting where they started, so it is possible for me.
0: Yeah, but it's important that you, f- so you find people who are already doing what you want to do, and yep. even are already doing more than what you do, yep. because you become the people where you spend the most time with. So if you become 20% of them, you still reach your goal Yep. in mindset because I had to believe that a marathon is not far. Now, spending time with ultra, ultra runners marathon, absolutely yeah. works. And what you were saying in, uh, when you find role models, the thing is when I was with them, I felt so bad about myself. And this is what happens. You listen to the podcast and you start feeling bad about yourself because all these people are ahead of you and you need a good self-esteem and this is what happened with me in my framework from going broke to getting to back to a living and being back alive Was I was surrounding myself with self-made millionaires and entrepreneurs and I felt so bad about it and how was I able to deal with it by teaching others yeah, yeah. who are behind me and this is what I call the circle of life so if you want to grow, spend time 33% of your time or the 33% rule sp- spend 33% of your time with people who are where you want to be Spend 33% of your time with people who are where you are right now and in the same process. So, you know, you're not stupid and 33% of your time you spend with people who are Behind beyond. You, yeah. So I'm now running here in Lisbon with a group of people who are running for the first time. And I teach them a few key principles, all the things I learned from the top marathon runners and ultra trail runners. I just give it back to other people. And why? Because when I teach, I feel good about myself. So the more I teach, the better I feel about myself, the more time I can spend again with the other guys. Yep. And this is, it's a nice circle to go through. But the main thing is, in the recap, it's, it's important to find a role model who used to be in your specific situation. Because this is what I've seen when I was with the debt collect agencies or with the, the, the public services in the Netherlands. I went to them and said, okay, I'm in a bad situation. And then they were giving me advice, but they never been out of debt, they never come through the process. They said, said, I asked them, okay, I'm 50,000 euros. This was an early stage, 50,000 euros in debt. How can you get me out of it? And they said, wow, that's a lot of money. And then I said the same thing to other entrepreneurs and to other millionaires, and they said,
1: That's a sliver, yeah, that's nothing. (laughs)
0: 50,000 euros is in, I see you, you can grow, you can learn. If you keep doing what you're doing right now, probably in two years you will be able to make enough money to get that easy out. Yeah. So and they said, so and isn't it interesting and in now you have the same situation and how some people from their mindset, their beliefs are looking at it and they say it's impossible and other people are looking at it and they say actually it's easy and this is why I went to Alex Ferro, because when I started with my project I, I was part of a group who were all training for a sub three hour marathon and these guys were already they already completed five, six marathons or they were already fast, they were already triathletes, they already did a lot of things. And this is a really nice thing to learn or to share with about mentors. So my trainer, he was the national coach of ultra trail runners in the Netherlands. So then you think that, and he already helped over 400 marathon runners to reach goals. So I thought, he must be good, right? That's what you want. But then halfway I realized that actually this guy, I asked him, how many marathons did you complete in your life? He only did one and he did it in four hours. And why was I asking him? Because I felt like how he was sabotaging my growth. Because he was looking at my he, and he was looking at my stats on Strava. Yeah. And he said, ah, oh, I think. Halfway he said, I think you might not be able to to do it. And this was my first attempt because that's, this was my first attempt for the marathon, but unfortunately I got injured Mm -hmm. and this, you know, but the challenge is so complex and this is why I've done it because it's so complex. Like if I'm able to make myself towards this goal of sub three hour marathon, then I know I'm able to teach everyone about it. But what happened with him was he really didn't believe that it was possible for me because he never knew how a three hour marathon looks like how fast you can grow because he just did his marathon with his own beliefs and he's never been through the
1: uh, the, the transformation right but that's his limiting belief not yours You're... it is
0: but this is what what we do with a lot of coaches with a lot of mentors like if you really want to grow fast just don't listen to business coaches who've never been in your situation just listen to the digital nomad experts actually who used to be and in your cases, and you had a specific situation when you started with your business, just start to focus more and more on those people because you can help them best because you know how they feel emotionally and how hard it is to create your business next to your job, or I don't know how you started. Right. But it's the, um, yeah, so it's really important to find this role model who used to be in your current situation and who have been through the transformation
1: like yourself. The role model, it sounds like, and the apprentice. So you're, you're, you're simultaneously looking for like the mentor who's above you, but the apprentice who's below you, it sounds like, and that's yeah. a critical, actually, it's a really interesting insight that, that that piece of it brings you up, the 33% rule that you were just yeah, talking about. Yeah, no, a it's a but ago. it's
0: a, it's a game changer because it's when my brain gets, we do a lot of brain scans right now when we're going through this. And if I get a training, session, let's say I have to go on the track, or when I spend time with Ryan Hall, my brain just says, I'm so small, I'm not fast enough. And even me now running here on Monday, there's one guy in my group, he's way faster than I am. Every time I run with him, I feel bad about myself. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the Strava results, over time, I see actually myself, and this is why celebrating your little wins is so important, but... I'm progressing but I feel bad while I'm progressing and this is happens with a lot of people and this is consciousness yeah and when you start teaching to others, that's the moment when you get conscious about where you are what you've learned how much progress you've made and how to feel good about yourself and it's the key thing but so it,
1: you know this is something I've thought about uh, many times is like how do we form resistance to this tendency to constantly elevate the bar and we're constantly anchoring to higher and higher expectations that then make us feel inadequate as we approach those. And so it's like this ever, it's almost like I picture like a, you know, dangling a carrot with like a thing Uh on your head in front of you. And then it's perpetually out in front of you. So you're always just, you know, constantly behind it. So how do we break that cycle and start to realize objectively like, yeah, we are progressing and feel good about that absolute progress versus this constant perceived inadequacy.
0: And it's, yeah. So when you look at the brain, you have like the reticular activation system in your brain. And this is the one, what you experience best is when you buy a new car, suddenly you see the car everywhere. Or you order an Uber and mm-hmm. it's like this- Availability. This here. Toyota, and suddenly you see Toyotas everywhere. They were there, but you didn't see that they were there well before you got the, the car. And this is the same thing. When you know where you're going, and this is how people performers use to brain differently than others. When you've got total clarity where to go, and even on specific levels, then you're able to find the opportunity because your brain recognizes the opportunities. So it's important indeed to go somewhere, but it's, what happens is because our brain doesn't like pain, it's always focused on this carrot, the carrot, you know, me and the carrot, I'm not able to get to the carrot, that pain is what I feel, I don't like pain, so I start focusing on pain. How do you deal with it better is to focus on how do I grow, how do I progress? And this is what I think what a lot of mindfulness teachers can improve when they're teaching mindfulness. When you want to live in the present, then think about where do you live right now in the present in context of where you're coming from, so you know how to grow. And we've done this research um, with a few guys, and I loved it, is they were uh, focusing on dopamine levels with the neuroimaging. And what happened is that we asked people to focus on where are you now and where do you come from and what happens is when we ask people to where were you two years ago and it's an interesting thing to think about now where was i two years ago mm-hmm. when you focus on that then you think like shit i've grown actually this is going i'm going well you know if you see what you've done all the work you've done but when you, because subconsciously you always focus on the carrot And this is consciousness. So this little 5% of consciousness we have, we have to ask ourselves the questions to ask this conscious question over and over again of showing where we're coming from. And the more we do it, the more risk we are willing to take and the more likely we are to succeed. It's a simple habit. And this is why gratitude, again, why does gratitude works? People hear the gratitude thing. but what do we do? When I ask myself, Where am I grateful for? Just asking the question releases dopamine as well. And this is the beauty when we start studying the brain better and why I'm teaching with Creatures of Habits, how the brain works. Because when you understand how these chemicals work, then you know where it's all about in life. Because nature has, or the universe has given us this system for a reason. So when you ask yourself, where am I grateful for? Your happiness chemicals get released. But what you're doing, you make a list of where you are right now. And instead of focusing on the pain of what's missing in your life so far, between you and your Karen, you're focusing on all the things you have actually to get towards the Karen. Because if I ask right now, where am I grateful for? It's like, oh, it's my training. It's the lessons I've learned. It's the mistakes I've made, you know, they were not mistakes, but the experiences I got uh, the friendships I've made, the systems I've built, my shoes, you know, my partnerships, my sponsorships, living in Lisbon, living in between the hills because you no, know, it makes me way faster than living in the Netherlands. Is yeah. in you when you ask yourself, "Where am I grateful for?" You actually get conscious about where are you right now with all the resources you have. Yeah. And it's funny because now you can make your plan again in how to go from A to B because you now have the list of all the things you can use to go from A to B. And that's the good thing about asking yourself where are you grateful for because you make the list and you focus on the experience you've been through in the last two years five years ten years and what makes you realize that you're way bigger than you used to be because we have when you study the brain and is when we focus on how we've grown over time then we get rewarded with happiness chemicals so you know what i believe is the law of nature is what stops growing starts dying And this is why it actually is a good thing to grow. But we have to be conscious that we only use goals like me. And this is, I had to learn this the hard way. And this is the beauty of my putting myself in this this stress test experiment, being my own guinea pig. And so I got injured the first time when I started with my project. And I was there during the Rotterdam Marathon and all my buddies, you know, we started with a group of 14. And 11 of them were running the Rotterdam Marathon. And I was looking at them and I visualized it so many times, that moment of me being there, being strong enough, being fit enough. And they were running. And the only thing I could do at the start was crying. As in, shit, I felt so bad about myself. And this is what happens a lot. You set your goal, you don't hit your goal. But if you focus on how does this goal make me grow? Who do I become towards my goal? then you don't feel bad about yourself. You always feel growth. The only reason why you set goals is you direct your focus towards a way.
1: Yeah, so that's my takeaway here is like this idea, going back to our analogy with the Mm -hmm. carrot, it's really redirecting your focus from this fixed space in front of you that is always going to be out in front of you towards more like a a second-person view from outside or third-person view from outside looking at you relative to where you were and seeing that notion of progress.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's this shift in teaching people this skill going from first person to second person. That's a real game changer. Like what you are a third person. That's a real game changer. And if you are able to become conscious, how you focus when you feel bad, because when you feel bad, you always focus through the first person.
1: Do you? Uh, so I do the gratitude journal practice every okay. morning. And something, and this is just a weird thought, but... Does knowing that gratitude, like this is hacking in a sense, that knowing that you can make use of gratitude to make yourself feel better, does that then undermine, like I get the voice that starts to ask like, oh, are you just using this as a tool to make yourself feel better? And you're basically abusing gratitude. Abusing gratitude. You know what I mean? It starts to like, you start to second guess what you're doing Uh and that is like this creeping like... It's a, just an insidious, creeping voice, but if you can forget about it and just truly be grateful, then you feel amazing. But then it's when like, you start to think about, like, oh, am I just hacking my brain right now?
0: Actually, you are, and it's a good thing. Yeah. Actually, it is a good thing because it's by doing it, it's, it makes you conscious about where your life is and you can celebrate that. So it's the two things. In it's, so one is really important is to shift your focus, direct your focus, so you can focus subconsciously If you think about our pain neurons in our brain, it's six times as much as the one of reward neurons. So we have to ask ourselves, where do we reward ourselves for? And we have to teach ourselves in a conscious way, six times as much almost as in, where am I grateful for? What am I celebrating? And this is how you get momentum. This is how you get flow. Because then at one point, if you keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this, you start doing it subconsciously and you will feel less pain on your journey because every time the pain comes up you feel bad about yourself you're just it's a good thing to abuse gratitude because what happens is and this is um what i love is when i started to learn about the brain i actually became more spiritual because every fall has a different frequency and we have different brainwave states and when you go into gratitude what you will see is that actually the frequency is the closest to flow so There are a few brainwave states. So you have beta, uh, alpha, theta, and delta. Delta is the hypnosis which we have, or when we are in hypnosis, when we are a kid between zero and seven, and we just get conditioned by our environment. Between uh, theta and alpha, what happens is that's where flow happens. What's interesting is, is if you have beta, that's when you are active. When you're in alpha, that's when you're in the creative, in the flow. And but when you are in high beta, that's when you are in struggling scarcity. The not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not busy enough. And what you really want to do is you want to start controlling your brain frequency. And how do you control your brain frequency by shifting your focus from the pain of where am I now and where am I not yet to where i am now and where do I get? Where am I coming from? Or where am I grateful for it? That's what happens when you when you ask yourself where am I. Grateful for actually what you're doing is you're just shifting your brain frequency because by shifting your focus and that's exactly where you are because what happens and I don't know. Do you know Joe Dispenza?
1: I heard the name, but I don't know.
0: He is absolutely fabulous in the things, but it's uh, in what he does and what he shares and it's really beautiful. He's done a lot of research of how do we get in the real flow state? Because what happens is when we start studying the brain and we see uh, people in all going from beta back to alpha and theta state, at one point they go even in a faster state. So they first slow down. That's what we do with meditation. You go to this alpha or this theta, which is the deep sleep state. And then at one point, our brain goes to a super fast state, which is the gamma state. And this is the moment where we actually are able to connect with the universe, where we connect with bigger things in life. This is where we feel one, where we feel whole, where you're totally one. And this is what you see when you're really flow, when you experience the runner's high. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is first you start running and you have this pain. And then at the moment you're able to to shift your focus from running instead of focusing in what's not working to what is working, where am I grateful for? You start relaxing, your brain frequency actually drops back to alpha. And at one point, this is how you get in flow and how you can achieve the runner's high. As in by focusing on how can I relax while running? And then you see that actually at one point your brain goes to gamma state and you see really active gamma brainwaves through your brain when you are in this happiness, totally flow, being one with the world where, yeah. you know,
1: which is amazing to be. That's awesome, yeah. Um well, we are over the one-hour mark, so I'm going to break into the last part of this interview, which is, uh, this is like rapid-fire tactical questions, <laughs> and I call it The Breakdown. So are you ready for The Breakdown? Sure.
0: Breakdown, baby.
1: Okay, what is one book that has profoundly affected you?
0: I would say that I thought Speed Wealth of the T. R. F. Eckhart Ecker was amazing. Mm-hmm. So he's teaching him how to start a business in three, four or how to get a million dollar business in three, four years. Speed Wealth.
1: is the Speed name. Wealth. Yeah.
0: It's just, P, uh, just Google for the PDF and it's there.
1: Okay. We'll link that in the show notes. Uh, what is one tool or hack that saves you time, headaches, money? Oh, Italy?
0: the number one. Yeah. No, I've got plenty, of course. No, the number one, what I would say, and this is what I love the most and is there are different ways of meditation. And for me, it's visualization. So what I do is every day I visualize the moment that I've completed my marathon or that I am where I am with my business or as a speaker or whatever. But it's visualizing this every day. I use the gladiator Elysium. Now we are free music for seven minutes and just getting into that point every time again and again, that's the most effective habit. And it's not maybe what saves me time today. Or it does actually because it, makes me, it gives me the priorities of where I want to go. Mm-hmm. But it really rewires my brain over a long time. And at one point, you start believing that it's possible for you. You feel the emotions already, and then you get attracted to
1: it. Awesome. What about what is one piece of music that speaks to you? Or, or a musical artist?
0: Yeah, for me, this is the, the Now We're Free. And okay. it's inter- interesting. So this is the, one of the songs from The Gladiator. And it's sung by Lisa Jarrett. Okay. And she uh, she created this it this weird language and she used to sing this language for uh, to communicate with her higher self. And I don't know, every time when I do it, I feel like I have a communication with me and my future self and I love it.
1: Awesome. We'll link the Spotify to that one song. Um, okay, this is a curveball. I've never asked this question, but it's, okay. uh, it's a really good question by this guy, Peter Thiel, the guy who wrote Zero to One. Um, and so... If you need to think about it for a second, take mm-hmm. take your time. But it is, what important truth do very few people agree with you on? Wow.
0: The main thing is that what we do is subconscious. 95% of what we do is subconscious.
1: So most and people believe that it's all conscious. And you're saying that 95% of what we do is all subconscious.
0: Absolutely. It's how we get conditioned in the first seven years. And we you know, when you take it from a higher perspective, it's that we going, this is how we get conditioned because we have to learn our life lessons as a soul. Mm -hmm. And then in a later phase, we have to develop our consciousness, why things are happening to us or for us actually, Mm -hmm. and how we are growing as a soul. So I think it's, the truth maybe actually might be growth that we are born to grow. I think that's
1: the, the more
0: we grow, the more we can contribute. That's the key thing where people come back to me. That's the, that's the key. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Last question, what one piece of advice if you had a time machine to go back to your 20 year old self Mm -hmm. before all the stuff happened with the debt and all that, like what one piece of advice would you give yourself?
0: So we're now going about 30 years back, (laughs) 13, (laughs) 13 years. It's interesting because what I feel is that all the bad things that happened, they happened for a reason. And actually, those are all the reasons that help make me contribute now to others. Right. it's my gift it's my thing now because i mastered it because i had to go through it right so i would say surround yourself with better people with more, with more well just be more conscious about who you spend time with yeah i think yeah or learn more from the people you spend more time with at that point i think that's the that might be good because if i look back like that moment i really i didn't realize how cool or what they were doing or how much I could learn or what questions I could ask from them. So yeah. I think just, I think that would be, yeah, the main thing. Just cool. be more conscious about who you spend time with.
1: Right on. Well, Christian, that's the, the interview. Uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to connect on social media or what's the best way to, to find out what you're up to?
0: LinkedIn is always good for if they want to contact me directly or otherwise creatures of.
1: If you have a substantial social media following and consider yourself a micro-influencer in the digital nomad space, I invite you to check out a program I'm in the early stages of rolling out. I call it the Advocate Program for Nomad Podcast and Nomad Prep. It's a multi-level affiliate program that enables you to monetize the social media following you've built by referring my course to your followers. You can earn commission on both students you originate directly as well as students who come in via the advocates you originate, essentially a downline and all through simply introducing your following of aspiring nomads to a course that can help them more confidently make the leap. I'm in the process of selecting a small group of early advocates who I'll be working with closely to refine this program and make it effective. In exchange for early participation, those influencers will be grandfathered in at the highest level of commission that will ever be offered in this program. To learn more about the program and the referral numbers necessary to generate a four-figure monthly side income visit nomadprep.com slash advocates and apply today. That URL again is nomadprep.com slash advocates. Help aspiring nomads make the leap and get paid for doing so.
0: You've been listening to the Nomad Podcast. For links to all the resources mentioned in this episode, transcripts, show notes, photos, and more, visit nomadpodcast.com. Nomad Podcast is supported in part by Nomad
1: Prep an online academy to help aspiring digital nomads make a successful transition. Take the first four days free by visiting nomadprep.com forward slash podcast.